Hello and welcome. You are listening to the 1% Christian. This is the daily Bible study where we take 1% of our day, dive into God's Word, we study, and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that God has given us. I am Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, studying with you through the Gospel of John, and we are right in the middle of John chapter 8. We just came through an amazing account in that chapter where Jesus stands in front of the woman who is being accused of adultery. She gets dragged out there by the chief priests, and they try to put Jesus on the spot and uh, say, what should we do when law said that she needed to be stoned? And what did he say? He said, he who is without sin cast the first stone. And what they do? They took their stones, they threw them on the ground and walked away. And I hope that uh, after that study, you walked out of your house. And if you had any stones in your hand, maybe for somebody waiting for them, you threw them on the ground. And if you were expecting stones from anyone else, you had confidence knowing that God was in your corner. We'll get to that a little bit more here in a second as we continue. But before we get started, I want to invite you to download the Sound of Heaven app. Go to soh.church. You can go to the Apple or the Android stores. You can get it there. It's a free digital Bible and a ton of great other resources. And If you're listening anywhere where you can get podcasts, if you could like, share, subscribe, set your notifications, this way you don't miss anything right? We don't want to miss anything. We're cranking here about 22 days in, give or take, and uh, we're going to be through the Gospel of John before we know it, but I'm enjoying the time with you here. So, you know, I was thinking today, uh, before I I dive into this next part of Scripture, about the woman, because what we're going to see is that Jesus basically has that incident, we'll call it, and then goes right back to teaching. And I was thinking today about the woman who was dragged out and embarrassed and now looked Jesus face to face and realized that she wasn't an adulteress. She was a daughter. She wasn't defined by her sin. And Jesus said, what? Go and sin no more. You're good. And she walks away. And I was thinking about her walking away and how she must have felt. And I hope that she walked away. I believe she did. Feeling loved, feeling renewed, feeling refreshed, feeling like she had a a new lease on life, so to speak. It was made me think about so many of us, including myself sometimes, who you can think about the things that you've done in your past, not even the things that you've done, the things that you should have done in your past, and could really beat yourself up. And it's something that we, we all feel, and that is remorse, right? Remorse, I would say, is a, a pretty natural feeling. Uh, for us to have, and especially when you break down the word, right? R- anytime you see re in a word, you think back to. And then, interestingly enough, remorse, re, back to, morse is from the left. Ever, ever feel like you did something and you feel like it came back to bite you, right? That's not a good feeling. That's where the word remorse comes from, okay? So we all feel that, but what we do with that really matters. Where do you go from there? And you may be even listening to this right now, and you may be saying, yeah, I feel remorse. I feel remorse for these things that I've done or this thing in my past or this thing that I should have done. And I want you to challenge yourself to this next part. 
are you still feeling remorse or are you in a place of regret? Because regret, re, back to, gratter, weeping. That's the state of perpetual weeping. That's a state of perpetual sadness over something that has happened. And I hope after reading the story with us of Jesus and the adulteress, that you realize that that is not a place where God wants you, not in a state of continuous sorrow. That's not godly sorrow. In 2 Corinthians, it talks about godly sorrow. 2 Corinthians 7.10, it says, godly sorrow leads to salvation, leads to repentance, and leaves no regret. No regret. Now, repentance, re Penance, piona, means back to a list of things to make things right. Back to actions that will get you on the right track. And that's why Jesus told her, don't go and sin no more. He said, go get back to actions where that'll get you back on the right track. Because our sin destroys us. And we think that God wants to destroy us for our sin. No, God wants you to stop sinning. He wants me to stop making these mistakes so that I could live a better life. So I could be a little more free. And that's why when we lean into his word and we learn about his will, we begin to understand what the truth is. And you know what the truth does? It sets you free. Starting with verse 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. If you remember in John 1, how we kicked all this off, it says, in him was the life. And that life was the light of men. Jesus is referring to himself over and over, not as just light, not as artificial light, but as the true light. Light in its greatest sense, and the darkness could not overcome it. The darkness of the Pharisees dragging that woman out couldn't overcome the light that was inside of him and the wisdom that came out of him. Amen? So verse 13, the Pharisees challenged him, Here you are, appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid. For I know where I came from and where I am going. But you have no idea where I came from or where I'm going. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. Now, judge by human standards, of course they did. They they even said, if you remember, nothing good comes from Galilee. Okay. All right. Yeah. So they judge by the flesh. God looks on not the outward appearance, but looks at the heart. And that's where he says, you judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true because I'm not alone. I stand with the father who sent me in your own law. It is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. That's what they're trying to call him out on. They're saying you're testifying for yourself. And if you remember in, in Jewish law, you needed two witnesses, two or three witnesses. And Jesus says this in verse 18, I am the one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the father who sent me. Now they're playing dumb. They say, where is your father? You do not know me or my father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my father also. He spoke these words while teaching in the temple courts near the place where the offerings were put. Yet no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. Once more, Jesus said to them, I am going away and you will look for me and you will die in your sin. 
Where I go, you cannot come. This made the Jews ask, will he kill himself? Is that what he, why he says, where I go, you cannot come? Verse 23, but he continued, you are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Verse 24, I told you that you would die in your sins. If you do, do not believe that I am he, you will indeed die in your sins. They asked, who are you? Now, if you remember, he told Nicodemus that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that those who shall believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And every time Jesus makes a reference to himself and what he can offer, it always leads to eternal life. I have food that you know nothing about. My food is to do the will of the Father, and my food that I give you is the true food that what? Leads to eternal life. He told the woman at the well, if you knew who I am, you would ask me for water because I give you the living waters that lead to eternal life. So now they're compelled to ask, who are you? Now let's see what Jesus says here. Let's go to verse 27 where it says they did not understand that he was telling them about his father. So maybe they didn't. But Jesus said, when you have lifted up the son of man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the father has taught me. He's saying, this is not my opinion. The the opinion of a man is the opinion of God. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. Even as he spoke, many believed. Powerful. I also want to point this out about them saying, hey, you don't have enough witnesses. And Jesus says, even if I testify for myself, my testimony is good because I know where I come from. And where I testify, my second witness is the Father. And we know he's talking about God. What I also want to bring up is that in scripture, it talks about the Holy Spirit being a witness. That the Holy Spirit is a helper to us. The Holy Spirit reminds us and teaches us the things of Jesus, the things of God. So where we get the term, God is my witness. Here it is. Boom. But you have the witness with you at all times. You have the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth as it as he is called in the scripture, living inside you. You have a living witness to all the greatness of God inside you. So you could be bold wherever you go. Amen. And these men, and if you notice, Jesus is standing before these men, the most learned people in all of the land, right? The Pharisees, nobody knew scripture like the Pharisees, but they missed it. They missed it. And that Holy Spirit is a witness through Jesus to them. It's a witness to us, even in this study. You know, what we're studying here, what we're pulling out, the Holy Spirit is at work here. And know when you open your mouth and you speak and you speak on behalf of God, the Holy Spirit is at work. God will give you the things to say when you don't know what to say. And these men are watching and it says here, really powerful. Even as he spoke, many believed in him. So these men who were unbelievers, 
who were opposers to what God was doing now became believers. That woman who walked in as an adulteress, she walked away as a daughter. And Jesus turns to the Jews who had believed in him. Verse 31, to the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. Pursue truth at all costs. What is true? What is real? And the reason why that's such a worthwhile pursuit as we come up on this 1% is because the truth is what sets you free. If you're thinking that you got to go through life beating yourself up and then you realize that Jesus forgives you, that God forgives you, that he's faithful to forgive you, that sets you free. Unforgiveness of self is bondage. I had a beautiful comment this past Sunday. Someone came up and said, you know, Jason, we we did communion. And she wasn't going to go to communion, but she had the realization that, you know what? I'm forgiven. I can take communion before God because he forgives me. That was a revelation of truth. And the truth set her free. Whatever's weighing you down, pursue God on that thing. Don't live your life in regret, in back to weeping, where every day you wake up and you go back to the place of weeping. God doesn't want you there. God wants you walking confidently every day, knowing where you come from, knowing that you have a witness living inside you, that God loves you. So when the accusers come with their stones, You can turn to the witness, the advocate that is Jesus Christ, the spirit of God that is inside of you. And you can be confident that there is no condemnation to those who love the Lord. None. So let's pray. Father, thank you that you are bold. Thank you that you are forgiving. We thank you for your truth and that your truth sets us free. I want you to just say right where you are. God's putting on my heart for just say I'm free. I'm free from my sin. I'm free from my doubt. I'm free from my worry. Whatever's on your heart, say it. Say, I am free from that thing. Why? Because those who are in Christ, those who the Son frees, are free indeed. Amen. We pray that in Jesus' mighty name. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio. You are listening to The 1% Christian. We're going to, I believe, close out John chapter 8 tomorrow. So I hope to see you there. Love you guys.